welcome to the Champions League Betting Blueprint, a podcast with pinnacle and info goal that gives you data-driven insights and the best odds online. Looking for value in the Champions League betting markets? You've come to the right place. Only a few days have passed since the last instalment of Champions League action and already we're back to help you inform those predictions ahead of the next round of fixtures. A warm welcome to Jay Cosmoport, who's here to share those all-important infodol numbers. Everything good with you, Jay? Yeah, everything great. Thanks, Ben. Um, some good action at the weekend and obviously last week to, to get stuck into with the Champions League. Some really good football being played. Some intriguing results as well. So, um, yeah, hope for some more drama, really, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, it was goals galore, wasn't it? There was certainly some some entertaining matches and we've we've got a few more coming up for the quarterfinals. But I think probably a good place to start is we've we've obviously lost a few teams and, and a big team in Juventus have, have dropped out. So maybe if we just run through the outrights as we did before and just kind of take a look at where Pinnacle's price in the market compared to, to where Infogol's at. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it's a good place to get started. Cool. So we've got Manchester City uh, are still at the head of the market. I mean, it's it's pretty much as you were for the the top three. So you have got Manchester City at three point two five, Bayern Munich at four point zero five, PSG at six point three two, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona are pretty close at eight point zero nine and eight point three zero respectively. Um, and then another two that are fairly closely matched at Atalanta and RB Leipzig at twelve point one four and nineteen point two two. And then Leon, obviously the the biggest outsiders of the bunch at thirty six point four two. So, has much changed for you in the the last games that we saw in the round of sixteen in terms of prices and, and where you think value might be in the outrights? Yeah, so the the main change from our perspective has been uh, a shift in favourites. So obviously, uh, you remember in the last podcast we spoke about that we had Bayern Munich as strong favourites to to win the Champions League, Manchester City. Obviously, had a little bit more work to do in their um, last 16 tie with Real Madrid than, than Bayern Munich did against Chelsea, which is one of the reasons why. Um, but now we've we've had a switch. Manchester City are now our uh, strong favourites, 33.3%. Um, and that now means that the, the price that you just quoted there, 3.25, um, is actually a value bet um, for Manchester City to go all the way and win their first ever Champions League trophy. And, and the reason that we've seen a, a quite a considerable shift, really, from Manchester City... Um, being second favourites to favourites and, and the amount of percentage that has jumped is purely because Juventus have, have dropped out of the competition. Obviously, um, if Juventus had have progressed against Lyon, then Man City would have had to get through Juventus um, before potentially meeting Bayern Munich in the semi-finals. Now they've got a much easier task um, in front of them playing against Lyon, who, um, you know, we did speak about them last um, last week and we did say that they were perhaps being underestimated. Obviously, I quoted that the, their expected position in France was actually third as opposed to the seventh that they actually finished. Um, and Juventus was obviously fourth compared to the first. So um, we, we found some value in that tie, but it, it looks as though this is going to be quite an easy game for Manchester City. I mean, we're giving them an, an 84% chance of qualifying um, to the semi-finals. Um, and like I said, a 33% chance of winning it overall. With Bayern Munich still our second favourites, but they've dropped down to 26%, given that they will have to play Barcelona. Um, and that was obviously up in the air as well, given that the fact that they were drawing 1-1 with Napoli after the first leg. Um, but they're going to have to play Barcelona now. We, we do make them strong favourites to progress, but they will probably have to beat Manchester City in the semi-finals. So for us, we, we you know we're calculating around a 60% chance that the winner comes from either Manchester City or Bayern Munich. And... Um, 
likely that they're going to play each other in the semi-finals. So um, definitely the team to watch, both of them, exceptional uh, when they're playing football, both in attack and defence. I thought Bayern Munich looked really impressive against Chelsea, albeit against a depleted Chelsea, but definitely the two teams um, that are rightly at the head of the market. But like as I've said, Infogol just switched the favourites just purely because of the fact that Juventus have dropped out. Yeah, I mean, it's an intriguing one, isn't it? The way the, the draw is working out and, and who plays who. And because of that, we've got a lot of chance of a, a first-time winner. Obviously, Manchester City, one of those, but but PSG and, and teams like Atalanta. And it's also the, the intriguing thing of one-legged ties. So is that, we talked a little bit off-air about squad depth and, and stuff like that and the, the substitutions that teams are allowed. So are you looking at things, I know that the model might not pick these up, but if you're betting on the outrights, are you are you considering things like that and what it might mean for the, the one-legged ties? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that what, what we're going to see is, I mean, Manchester City, the likes of, um, you know, their, their squad is just sensational. We saw that towards the back end of the uh, the Premier League season when they were making five subs and all five subs were international players that probably cost around £50 million each. So um, that always helps because if you are struggling in a game, perhaps struggling to break a team down, you've got loads of options on there um, to be able to bring on and where you would usually only be able to bring on three substitutions, you now be able to bring on five, which is almost changing half a team. Um, so it definitely favours the teams with the bit, bit bigger and better squads. And, and interestingly, you mentioned there that you know there's a high chance that we're going to end up with a first-time winner of this competition, given the fact that the only two teams that have previously won the Champions League are playing each other in, in the quarterfinals. That's Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Everyone else in uh, in, in the, the last eight are, are well, would be brand new winners uh, of this competition. So it's it's really interesting and obviously we're guaranteed to have a um, you know a new team or a potentially new winning team in the final given the fact that none of PSG, RB Leipzig, Atletico Madrid or Atalanta have ever won the competition. So it, it, it looks highly likely that we're going to get a um, you know a new name on the trophy. I think I can calculate that now. It's around a 31.9% chance that, that a team who's already won it goes on to win it again. So the, the odds are stacked in the favour of the teams that obviously haven't won it before. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, uh, it looks good for the teams that are looking to, to break the duck. Yeah, so two of those that you've just mentioned, Atalanta and PSG, are, are playing each other in the, the quarterfinals. So we'll we'll get straight on to that and, and dig into this match. I think if ever a game on paper was going to be entertaining it, it has to be this one. Atalanta were the, the third highest scoring team in Europe last season with their 98 goals. They had a great season in Serie A, second best team according to expected goals in that division. Um, it's the first season they've, they've played in the Champions League and it nearly ended pretty early after they lost the first, first three group matches. They've obviously since recovered and now got a chance to make the semi-finals. They're going to have to get past PSG, who will who will see this as a great chance to progress and and go one step closer to finally getting their hands on the Champions League after a good few years of trying and and plenty of millions have spent on transfers and and star players and whatnot. They cruise to the league um, as we've come to expect, and they've they've also looked pretty comfortable in the Champions League this season as well. Um, they're currently two point zero three to win the match or a forty seven percent chance. Atalanta are 3.41, which is 28%. So where do you think this one's going to end up? Does the, the fairy tale continue for Atalanta or or can PSG get that one step closer to winning the Champions League? 
Uh, we think it's more likely the latter, um, that PSG will take a, a, a real stride towards winning their first ever Champions League since the um, since the takeover in 2010. So um, I think part of that is just because of the the, the gulf in, in quality between the individual players. I think Atalanta uh, as a team unit are fantastic and I think they are probably better as a team than PSG. But PSG do have slight more quality than what Atalanta are used to facing. Um, you know, they, they Atalanta... We, you know, wax lyrical about them all season long. They really are uh, the data darlings, really, of, of Europe. And, um, you know, they top the Serie A XG table according to expected points. The best attack, uh, the best defence in, in Italy according to expected goals. But the issue I have with them coming into this, uh, this game is the fact that in their eight Champions League matches, they've allowed an average of two expected goals against per game. And that is a real worry against a, a real high-powered PSG attack. So... Uh, and if you think about the teams that they've played in that run, Atalanta, um, there's only really Manchester City that stands out as, as a real force in European football. I mean, they, they played Valencia twice, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and Dinamo Zagreb and, and to, to have allowed an average of two expected goals against through eight matches in the Champions League um, is, a, is a huge worry. Obviously, we know that they're a strong attacking unit. Um, so that's been counterbalanced. They've created 2.2 expected goals for per game across those eight matches. So they're averaging 4.25 expected goals uh, in their matches in the Champions League, which is a staggering um, number. And, and like you said, it lends itself well to what we expect to be quite a high-scoring game. And um, you know, there's a little bit of a down point for Atalanta, the, the fact that they're missing their top scorer, Josip Ilicic, who's who's injured and hasn't travelled. So um, that's a bit of a blow. But they have been without him um, for the. Well, for most of the of the Serie A season post lockdown, so not too much uh, of an issue. And, and um, like I said, he's a big player for them. He scored, I think, he scored four of the goals against uh, Valencia in the last round, where they won eight four in aggregate. So it'll be a loss, but they, they've become accustomed to playing without him. Um, PSG very well rested, obviously. Uh, their season got curtailed compared to a, the Serie A season that had to come back post break. So PSG are well rested. Um, they've Warmed up for this tie with um, two successive domestic cup wins against St Etienne and Lyon in the Coupe de France and the Coupe de la Ligue. So they're on for a quadruple, uh, which would be pretty impressive. Um, obviously, winning the Champions League for the uh, first time since the takeover would be um, even more so. So um, there's quite a lot of positives for them to take. Uh, obviously, the process, as you mentioned, they've been sensational really in the Champions League. They came through a uh, a group that contained Real Madrid and then went on to beat Dortmund, who finished second placed uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, and the process overall has been really good. 2.2 expected goals for, 1.2 expected goals against per game. But, they, you know, they, they are missing key players and arguably more key players than Atalanta. So, um, no Kylian Mbappe, who's their top scorer in, in the French League. No Di Maria, who's a top assist maker in, uh, in the French League as well. Uh, and Verratti is also out, who's their... Uh, little playmaker in the middle of the park. So they are uh, a little bit depleted in terms of players that they have available. Um, but, you know, this is PSG. They've got a plethora of players to choose from um, and, this, you know, a hugely talented um, squad of players. You know, Mario Cardi's still there, even though Edinson Cavani's left. Pablo Sarabia has been playing really well. Um, so they're, they're definitely going to be at the best uh, in attack. And obviously they have Neymar, who's one of the best players in the world. So um, it was a really interesting game. Like you said, goals are, are thoroughly expected. The model calculates a whopping 86% chance of over 2.5 goals. 
um, compared to around 60% on the market. So a huge amount of value there in getting on side with the overs. Both teams to score as well. It's strongly fancied at um, 78% chance on, on, the mar- uh, on the model, 63% on the market. And if you want to go higher, over 3.5 is is also a, a seen as a value play, around a, a 60% chance of over 3.5 and the market's around 40%. So we, we think the goal line is, is a little bit low for this game, given the fact that both of these teams are really... Uh, you know, sensational going forward and, and not too solid in defence. So goals are expected, as I've mentioned. And and in terms of the 1x2, uh, the market's got PSG favourites uh, around even money. The, the model makes them much stronger favourites, as I've mentioned, because of the Atalanta um, defensive issues in the Champions League. So we're giving PSG a 70% chance, or sorry, 68% chance of getting the win in 90 minutes compared to around 48 on the market. So... Uh, we, we are strongly fancying PSG even with the uh, the missing players of uh, Mbappe, Di Maria uh, and Baratti. So a high score in PSG win is what we're expecting. Um, I personally quite like the both teams to score over 2.5 double if you can get those combined. Yeah, I mean, Mbappe is the big one, isn't it? Out of quite a few players that, that could be injured. Is this potentially an example of where, I mean, both for the, the match and the, the goals market, he's... We know one one individual player doesn't have too much of a great impact, especially when it's a team as, as strong as PSG, but potentially one here where maybe betters might want to wait because there is, believe it or not, talk of him actually maybe making the match despite how bad that injury looked. So is it one maybe to hold off until more news about lineups or potentially Mbappe's state ahead of the game could could impact? Or, or do you think now is the time to, to strike with the bets? Yeah, I think now's the time. Personally, I don't think Mbappe will be fit enough to start. Um, I think he'll probably play some form of uh, of role off the bench. Um, you know, if, if if you back PSG now at around even money, uh, and Mbappe does start, then you know the price on PSG is likely to crash a little bit, and there might be opportunity to do some trading there. Um, but yeah, I, I'd back them now. I think that even without Mbappe, there will still be um, plenty strong enough going forward, and and they'll dominate the ball in terms of. Um, the midfield, and I think it's going to be a really tightly fought match. With um, it's going to be, it's going to end up being quite open. But I think both teams are going to have um, good spells of possession and good spells of the ball because both of them do like to dominate the football. Atalanta do a lot of passing, forward passing as opposed to sideways and backwards. So um, it means they're exceptionally entertaining to watch, and, and it means that they do break the lines of, of opposition teams quite regularly, which means chances um, usually occur. Um, very often when Atalanta play and, and PSG, they're going to have to deal with Atalanta's high press. Um, you know, Atalanta have got a really good trend of, of picking the ball up in the final third, in the opposition final third um, due to the high press. And, and I just wonder if, if PSG's quality will be able to play through that press uh, more often than not. So really entertaining game in store. Um, I would personally get on side with PSG now before the um, you know even before the team news come out because if Mbappe does start as I've said then the price will shorten right so now we've got RB Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid as our next match group group G was was fairly tight in the end but Leipzig were the best team in the group and, and deservedly finished top they then breezed past Tottenham who who had their own struggles but 4-0 on aggregate suggests it was a very routine and straightforward win at that point, things looked rosy for for Leipzig. I think before lockdown hit, but they've they've struggled a bit since then in the league. 
They've now lost Timo Werner to Chelsea, and so they'll have to play the rest of the competition without him, who's, I mean, he's obviously their talisman. As for Atletico Madrid, they could probably do with a Timo Werner themselves. They're always solid at the back, but this season it's it's really been all about their struggles in front of goal. They underperformed their expected goals for by 16.9 in La Liga last season, which is, I mean, it's astronomical. And if they'd have converted their chances, I would say they'd be closer to Real Madrid, but they probably would have won the league outright if they'd have if they'd have made up those goals. Um, as it stands for both of these two, it's, it's obviously the Champions League that's all that's left to play for. Um, the market has Atletico's favourites to progress. In terms of the 1x2 for the match, they're also obviously the favourites, priced at 2.40. So that's suggesting a 40% chance to the win. Leipzig a 3.27 or a 29% chance. And the draw is 3.15, so around about 31% chance on that. No surprise to see a low goals total here at 2 and 2.5. No Werner for Leipzig. All-round struggles to score for Atletico. Is it as simple as that's... (laughs) They struggled. To, both teams are going to struggle to score. Therefore, the unders the play. Or, or what are your thoughts for this? Um, yeah, I think that could well be the case. Um, I'm hugely surprised at the one x two prices. Um, you know, the fact that Atletico Madrid are such strong favourites um, to win the game in in normal time. Obviously, you said they're forty percent, two point four. That is, for me anyway, for a team that is uh, that do draw a lot of matches and, and don't really create too many good chances in in these sorts of knockout matches. It, 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 that Price to win in ninety minutes does seem um, a little bit too too short, in my opinion. I, I would imagine, or I would have thought that the draw might have been a little bit of a bigger runner, given the fact that this is a single leg knockout tie, and, and you know Atletico Madrid are very good at not losing matches. But um, I also think that there's a little bit of a, an underestimation of, of RB Leipzig. I mean, let's not forget that they've still got some extremely talented players on the books, even without Timo Werner being there. You know, you've got Patrick Schick and Yusuf Paulson who can step in. Up front, uh, they signed Danny Olmo in 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 the January window. Uh, another attacking, good attacking player. You've got Christopher Nkunku, who's been exceptional. His process in in the Bundesliga has been fantastic. He's averaging around 0.8 expected goal involvement per 90. Um, so, I do feel as though that that uh, Leipzig are being underestimated. Um, I mean, let, if you think back to the to the uh, last 16 tie that Leipzig played with Tot- Tottenham, um, Timo Werner, apart from scoring the penalty in the first leg, didn't really do too much over the two legs. Um, it was more dominated by um, the midfield players um, and the wingers of RB Leipzig. And, and I, you know, for me, Timo Werner's a massive loss, obviously. He's you know, second top scorer in the Bundesliga. Replacing his goal is going to be an issue. But I do think that the, the price is, is not really a fair reflection of, of the squad that is there at RB Leipzig and obviously the talented coach that, that guides them in uh, Julian Nagelsmann. So, um, you know, I'm happy to have a little play on, on RB Leipzig, whether that be um, for a double chance uh, market. Like I said, RB Leipzig or the draw, just purely because Atletico Madrid don't tend to lose matches. Um, but yeah, I, I think this, this is a, a, another really intriguing tie. In the Champions League this season, Leipzig have been pretty much flawless. I mean, you mentioned there that their group on paper wasn't really too difficult, um, but it was really tightly contested one where um, you got Leon, Benfica, and, and Zenit in there, where um, all four teams really are, are on a relatively similar caliber. Um, obviously, Leon themselves have actually made it to the quarterfinal stage as well out of that group, so that that uh, that form is, is showing up pretty well. Uh, but overall, the process has, has been excellent, averaging two expected goals, four per match 
in the Champions League and uh, allowing just 1.1 expected goals against um, across their eight matches. So there's a lot to like about this Leipzig team, even even without Timo Werner. Um, and as I've said, I, I don't really think that they um, that the price is doing them any justice. Atletico, um, I've been a big fan of them all season long. Their underlying process has, has really improved um, from last season when obviously they, they finished second last season, but they ranked as the sixth best team according to expected goals. This season they finished third, but ranked as the second best team according to expected goals. So um, there is definitely an improvement in terms of underlying process. And that, and that is... Um, you know, I think Diego Simeone deserves a you know a huge amount of credit for that because in the summer, um, yeah, a massive rebuilding job on his hands. He lost quite a lot of uh, of his core players, um, the spine of his team. You know, I think Diego Godin left, Felipe Luis, Juan Fran, um, Griezmann obviously left. Uh, it was quite a lot of of, of almost you, you could call them the old guard um, of, of Atletico Madrid. The um, you know the, the the heart and the soul of that team was pretty much gone in the summer and, and Diego Simeone's had to rebuild that and, and bring in players to to replace them. But I think they're in a better place now than what they were um last season. I think they're they're fresher. They've got um you know more attacking options now going forward, the likes of Jao Felix and and, and Morata. Um and yeah I, I think that they they they're a very dangerous team in this sort of format because they are still capable of putting in um you know grinding display and riding the look almost with a fantastic goalkeeper in between the sticks in, in Jan Oblak. And uh, they showed that in uh, in the last round at Anfield where they were absolutely bombarded for um, 120 minutes, but somehow came away with, with the victory. Um, and, and they progressed thanks to Marcus Llorente's double in extra time. So um, that is what we've come to expect to see from Atletico is, is just being really resilient and almost, like I said, riding the look in terms of Teams not taking the chances, or uh, Madrid players getting blocks on things, goalkeeper saving them. Um, so that they, they are, they can't be discounted in in this competition uh, for sure, just purely because of, of the fact that they are such a dogged and determined team. And as I've said, I, I think that this price on them to win um, this match over the ninety minutes is a little bit too short, given the the fact that the draw is is massively in play. In my opinion, um, these two teams could well cancel each other out. Um, even though they are playing completely contrasting styles, Atletico will be sitting in counter-attacking, RB Leipzig will be trying to dominate the ball and, and, and press and probe. Um, but yeah, I, I can see this being um, a really tightly contested game between two really strong sides. And, and, and I, as I've said, I, my personal opinion is um, is to try and keep the draw on side, um, but also try and get Leipzig on side, because I think that they are being undervalued in this uh, in this. One uh, x two market. So if you can get RB Leipzig in the draw, it might be quite a short price, um, maybe around one to two. But I think that would be quite a strong bet in the ninety minutes. Um, in terms of the goals, the model is is favouring the unders at fifty two percent, but the market's at fifty nine percent. So that suggests that there is a little bit of value in, in actually backing the overs. That to me, I, I would leave that alone. That'd be quite a big surprise if, if we saw quite a few goals in this match. Um, and as for the both teams to score, uh, we're pretty much bang on with the market in terms of um, yes and no. Um, I could see this being a, a, quite a dull nil-nil, maybe even a 1-1. Uh, but for me, as I've said, the main play is, is to back RB Leipzig and, and keep them on side in, in whatever way you can over the 90 minutes. Right now we've got Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. And I think this one's probably going to be the, the highlight tie of the quarterfinals for most people. Don't have to think too far back to that. Was it seven nil or eight nil? I can't quite remember. It's something to nil on on aggregate when 
Bayern Munich just dismantled Barcelona and had many people suggesting there was a, a shift in style of, of dominance in European soccer, but they've both had their ups and downs since then. And I mean, they've, they've really been at opposite ends of the spectrum for this campaign specifically. Bayern Munich have, have pretty much dominated every game they've, they've been in across all competitions. They were by far the best team in the group stage of the Champions League and then a, an effortless 7-1 aggregate win over Chelsea in the last 16 they're on some ridiculous run of 17 or 18 wins in a row across all competitions. And then you have Barcelona, who by their standards will be will be disappointed with how things have gone recently. They they finished second to Real Madrid in La Liga. Even that could could be considered an overperformance of as we just said about how good Atletico were. They've they have looked better in the Champions League and they they progressed pretty comfortably in the end against Napoli, but I mean, for this, it's it's not often you're going to see Barcelona given just a 27% chance of winning the match, but that's where they're at here with their odds of 3.52. Bayern are, are odds on at 1.98, so around a 50% chance for them. And the draw is at 4.0, which is is 25% chance. We had the, the first gap game with Atlanta and PSG looking like overs was nailed on. We've then had Leipzig and Atletico where the unders was looking nailed on. This one, the goals market is it's pretty split at three, but there's a slight preference for the over from betters. I mean, it, that's easy to see why you got Messi and Lewandowski on the same pitch. Um, but but what do you think for this one? Is there is there value on offer? Could we potentially see another another demolition job from Bayern Munich? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. That's the way I'm swinging anyway. I think that what we've seen from these two teams over the last season um, really. In my opinion, anyway, I think Bayern Munich are just at a different level at the moment to Barcelona. And um, especially if you take Lionel Messi out of that Barcelona team, all of a sudden, I think that Barcelona do become a very vulnerable side and, and a side that probably wouldn't finish in the top two of the of the La Liga um, this season if they didn't have Lionel Messi. So their over-reliance on him is, is, a, is a massive Achilles heel, in my opinion. I think he's more than capable, obviously, of carrying that team, but... Um, you know, when you come up against a better team that can not nullify him uh, 100%, but that, that can keep him at bay for most of the game, then um, I'm really struggling to see what Barcelona's plan is uh, in terms of getting the other players around him to to contribute, midfield players, even the likes of Suarez and Griezmann, who not exactly been pulling up trees this season. So, um, yeah, I, I think that Bayern Munich are, are in a really good place to stamp their authority on Barcelona and really dominate um, Kike Setien's side. And yeah, I think the the game against Napoli pretty much sums up what what Barcelona have been recently, which is um, just really poor and toothless in attack. They racked up only one point zero six expected goals, but um, only zero point three one of that came from um, open play. So non-penalty XG of 0.31 against Napoli at home in the new Camp is a is a pretty poor effort, um, especially, like I said, with a team that, that does include Lionel Messi. Obviously, went on that little mazy run and, uh, and managed to score a great goal. But on the whole, they were really struggling to, to muster chances and, and they failed to create a single chance in the second half. They had no shots in the second half of that match um, against Napoli. Um, and in the end, they were probably fortunate to, to come away with such a dominant 3-1 win. I mean, the XG total reads 1.06 to 2.34, suggesting that Napoli should have actually won the game on the night based on the chances that were created. So, um, a little bit fortunate to maybe have progressed, but um, 
you know that over over the course of this Champions League season they've um, they performed quite worryingly in my opinion. Um, one point six expected goals for one point five expected goals against per game, which is massively mediocre um, for a team of Barcelona's stature. Um, and defensively, they've shown vulnerabilities throughout the competition. Um, I think the first game of the um, of the group stage, they conceded over three expected goals to Dortmund. Um, they conceded over one point six to Inter Milan, if I remember rightly, um, in both the, both matches. Um, and then obviously conceded two point three against uh, against the Napoli team, who really weren't fantastic uh, in attack against uh, in Serie A this season, averaging around 1.5 expected goals for. So defensive issues are massive. Uh, they're rife. Um, Bayern Munich are in a great place to take advantage of those. And, you know, they're coming off the back of a, of a thumping 7-1 aggregate win over Chelsea, 4-1 win on the uh, on the night. Um, another game in which they racked up over three ex- nearly three expected goals. The two-leg XG over that tie was uh, 6.1 to 2.2. So thoroughly dominant, um, racking up chances left and right. And, you know, Robert Lewandowski's in excellent form. I think he's the Champions League top scorer with 13 goals in eight matches. I'm pretty sure he'll want to have a say in this match. Um, and like, yeah, you mentioned 18 wins in a row for Bayern Munich. They're in a really good place. They're by far and away the best team in the Champions League this season, according to underlying numbers. They're 3.3 expected goals for per game average. Um, over their uh, eight matches. Obviously, you think about the, the teams that they played against, Chelsea, Spurs, um, Red Star, Belgrade and Olympiacos. It's not exactly the top tier of, uh, of European football, but still to, to be putting them away so comfortably, those sorts of teams is really impressive. And uh, and the fact that they're allowing just 0.7 expected goals against per game against those teams as well is even more impressive. And um, yeah, I think that the, the gulf between these two teams is, is quite big at the moment. Um, you know, both teams have got decent squads on paper, but I think Bayern Munich is much better in terms of the quality. Uh, Barcelona have got the names, obviously, to bring off the bench, but um, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich, sorry, have got um, the luxury of having the, the the World Cup winning right back be injured for a couple of games. Benjamin Pavard, they can just drop Joshua Kimmich, who's been the one of the better central midfielders in Europe, uh, drop him to right back, and they can bring in a, another World Cup winner in Thiago into central midfield. So. Basically, just boasting um, about their embarrassment of riches. They've got Kingsley Coman sat on the bench while even Perisic plays. Philip Coutinho, um, I'm not too sure if he'll be able to play in this tie, given that he's obviously on loan from Barcelona. But if he does, then he's another great option off the bench. Um, so, yeah, I, I look at this price of, of Bayern Munich at around even money, and I think that that is just a. I think that price is just way too big. I'd have them a little bit shorter. Um, 53% on the model for a Bayern Munich win. So, back in Bayern. Uh, at 1.98 is is a, a decent value play and, it, and it's one that I, I really like the look of personally if, if we were going to do a, bet, a best bet across the Champions League quarterfinals then back in Bayern Munich to beat Barcelona would be my best bet I think that uh, the way these two teams are trending Bayern Munich are, are on a, a really steep incline and they're getting better and better and Barcelona are really declining in terms of the goals over two and a half also looks like a decent value play. 67% chance of overs on the model, 62% chance uh, on the market. Uh, both teams to score also quite likely. Uh, 65% on the model, 64% on the market. But yeah, Bayern Munich to win for me is, is the main play. And if you wanted to boost the price a little bit, Bayern Munich to win an over 2.5 would also be a, a decent selection. And I think given the fact that it is a single leg knockout, if Bayern Munich do get a goal, go 1-0 up, uh, Barcelona are going to have to go 
you know, try and equalise and they could likely leave themselves exposed. So um, even chancing Bayern Munich to win by, um, you know, two goals, minus one and a half on the Asian handicap, I think would be a decent bet as well at, a, at quite a big price. So, um, yeah, all with Bayern Munich on this one. I'm loving the confidence, Jake. Um, <laughs> let's, hope it, let's hope it returns something good. Yeah. One of the, I'd be interested to know then, given how confident you are of them, of them winning the match and, We've mentioned that Barcelona, they've put in some very poor performances this season, but they have had the odd um, performance where they have looked really good. And obviously with the likes of Messi, I know it's the buying into the narrative of one game like he could he could turn up and change things. But do you think, I guess two questions, do you think Bayern Munich would prefer this be a single leg tie or, or a two-legged tie? And equally... Would you would you prefer to bet on Bayern Munich to win the tie if it was over two legs, or would you prefer to have the bet or the option that you have now, and that's just win Bayern Munich win the match? Yeah, it's a good question. That um, I think if it was a two leg tie, I'd be backing Bayern Munich to win both legs. Um, I think that I think they're that good, and I think that what what we're seeing at the moment between or with these two sides is very similar to what we saw uh, in 2013, where Bayern Munich won seven one on aggregate. Um, or it might have been 7-0, I can't remember too um, uh, exactly. But uh, I think the, the gulf between the, the, the sides is that big at the moment. And uh, and I think that if they did play it over two legs, Bayern Munich would win both legs uh, and win the tie comfortably. But in terms of what Bayern Munich would prefer, um, I, I think you would always prefer to have two legs, um, just purely because if, if it doesn't go right in the first leg, you've got another game to sort of, um, you know, turn it around. Um, there's less less chance of, of, of variance and, and look in, in, over two legs. Uh, in a one-legged tie, you know, the tie could be over in two minutes if you get a man sent off and give away a penalty. Um, whereas over two legs, obviously, if that if that happens, you get a man sent off and give away a penalty in the first five minutes, you can almost shut up shop trying to keep a one-nil and then, you've, you know, you've got a second leg almost to fall back on. So I think that Bayern Munich would prefer the two legs, but I, I still think they'll be fancying their chances of, of beating Barcelona. Quite convincingly, um, you know, just looking back at some of Barcelona's results since Setien came in, and you know, against the better teams in the league, they really struggled. You know, they, they lost at Valencia, um, obviously lost at, at, at Real Madrid, uh, narrowly scraped past Real Sociedad, drew at Sevilla, um, drew obviously with Atletico Madrid. So, um, you know, against the better teams in the league, they, Barcelona did struggle under Setien. So. Um, I don't have too much confidence in them beating what is a, a well-oiled, well-drilled, and and you know very fresh Bayern Munich team, given that they had a, a month off. And and you know I think they deserve a little bit of credit Bayern Munich because quite a lot of the other German teams that we've seen um, in the Europa League, especially the likes of Bayer Leverkusen and, and Wolfsburg, who who have had a similar break, obviously the, the month off as opposed uh, as opposed to the La Liga and Serie A seasons finishing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Bayern Munich look, looked much fresher and, and you know much more ready for for their tie with Chelsea than than the likes of Leverkusen and Wolfsburg did, who eventually crashed out of the Europa League. So, you know, I think they deserve some credit for that for being in tip top shape. And yeah, I, I'm quite I'm quite confident that they'll be able to uh, to get the job done. Well, finally, let's get on to Manchester City versus Leon. It's our, our last quarter final, and it sees the outright favourites taking on the biggest outsiders left in the competition. Um, We've spoken a lot about on our Premier League Insights podcast how Manchester City have been very impressive, posting impressive figures, um, and the, the the stats suggest that they should have won the league. There's also been a lot of stuff recently about or, or highlighting why Liverpool might be 
breaking the the traditional XG model and, and that they were the better team or, or were better than Manchester City and, and played their games a different way or approached the game a different way. But City are a very good team. Let's not beat around the bush about that. They were also one of the, the top performers in the Champions League group stage just behind Bayern Munich. Leon. They had a fairly split group um, in terms of quality. It was fairly close, but they they did enough to qualify. The stats don't really look great for them in terms of the Champions League. They're also coming off, and we've talked about this as well. I'd describe it as a, a, a relatively poor domestic campaign. I know they should have finished higher than they actually did, but by their standards, they would have they would have wanted to to perform better than that. But they have shown that they can be difficult to beat on a few occasions, which is is really important in a competition like this. Um, Manchester City still, nonetheless, has um, sorry Pinnacle has Manchester City as a an overwhelming favourite of one point two five three, um, so a seventy six percent chance of winning the match for them. The draw is at sixteen percent, which is odds of six point one two. Um, and Leon are a hefty 11.16, so just the 8% chance of a win in the 1x2 market for them. Um, they've done it against, against Juventus over two legs. Who knows? We we could have another shock on the cards here. Um, do, you, do you think the odds for this one are fair, or is there any value across the other markets? Yeah, I think I think the odds are pretty fair. Um, 1x2 especially, I mean... He said there, but Man City are so short um, to win this one-off game in a neutral venue. Um, the Infocom model's got them even shorter. We've got them at 80% chance of, of winning the game over the 90 minutes. Um, yeah, I think that this is this is a, probably the biggest mismatch um, of the of the quarterfinal ties um, for obvious reasons. Manchester City, tournament favourites, um, arguably the strongest team in the tournament um, against... As you said, the rank outsiders, Leon, who who really shouldn't shouldn't have got this far. Um, getting past Juventus is a is a really impressive feat. It was something that we spoke about last week, uh, and we thought that well, the Infocom model thought that that Leon were being underestimated in that tie, and and it proved to be the case thanks to some dodgy refereeing. Um, but you know what what we're seeing from Leon is is a slight shift in in tactics under Rudy Garcia. They've gone from the free flowing football. Um, uh, attacking football anyway of uh, uh, yesteryear that used to almost push PSG all the way in, in, in Ligue 1 and yield a couple of trophies maybe a decade ago and they've gone to a much more resolute and compact um, uh, way of playing which has, has obviously yielded results in this competition they rode their luck massively against Juventus um, in, in that second leg they lost the XG battle 3.1 to 1.03 so you know it, if, if Juventus would have scored at a rate that was expected of them, they would have won the game 3-1 as opposed to 2-1 and they would actually be playing Manchester City. Uh, and you never know, Maurizio Sarri might still be in a job. Um, but, you know, Leon, like I said, rode the luck in that game. If they perform anywhere near uh, as poorly in this match, then Manchester City will, I expect, win this game pretty comfortably. Um, I think that's what's going to happen anyway. Leon, let, let's be fair, they've um, they've overperformed. Their process in this competition is is the worst of the remaining teams left in the competition, averaging 1.3 expected goals for and 1.6 expected goals against per game in the Champions League. And, um, you know, they're yet to really play a team of the calibre of Manchester City, having played Leipzig, Benfica, uh, Zenit, and then Juventus, who, as we've discussed, aren't the team of, of yesteryear, finishing fourth in our XG table for, for um, Italy. So, 
it's a really tough task for, for Leon to get anything. The only positives that they really can take heading into this game is the fact that they played each other, these two teams, last season in the group stage. Um, and Leon actually went unbeaten against them over two. Uh, sorry, it wasn't last season. It was, yeah, it was last season, 2018. And, and they actually avoided defeat twice. They actually beat Manchester City at the Etihad 2-1 um, and drew 2-2 in France. So positives to take there. There are still, still some players um, at the club who were involved in those games. Um, the managers obviously changed, but um, you know that's something that they can take into this game that might give them a little bit of confidence. But I do worry for them, given the fact that they played a, a real backs against the wall, um, you know, hundred percent effort game against uh, against Juventus in that second leg. That they might look, be a, li- a little bit tired heading into this uh, to this match. Manchester City obviously cruised through their um, their game against Real Madrid and, and were really impressive in doing so, racking up 1.96 expected goals to Madrid's 0.83. Um, and it was a game I, I really thought Manchester City didn't really come out of second gear. I thought it was that comfortable for them. Um, they, they, they didn't really create too many chances from, um, you know, uh, the, other than the, the mistakes that were gifted to them for the goals. But, um, you know, they looked threatening on the on the, on the the attack without having the, the, the final ball, the final... Um, shot coming in and as I said I, I I felt like they were really just cruising and, and they had Real Madrid exactly where they wanted them even when it was 1-1 on the night um, and overall I think they, they should be lauded for that performance because a lot of uh, the talk heading into the, that game was that the fact that this is a, a different Real Madrid team to what played uh, what they played in the first leg they were much more resolute defensively and, and they'd obviously won the La Liga title. But City just dealt with them exactly the same as they did in the first leg, which was um, very comfortably. And it, it ended up in a, in a dominant two-leg XG victory at 5.1 to 2.0. So really impressive stuff. Um, their process in, in the Champions League, as you mentioned, is, is second only to Bayern Munich. 2.8 expected goals for, 0.9 expected goals against per game. So, yeah, thoroughly expecting a, a Manchester City victory over the 90 minutes. I don't think it'll be too easy, though. I think Leon, given the way that they're playing, the, the low block and the counter-attacking, um, it, it, it will cause City a few problems. And that's why, for me anyway, I, I do quite like the look of both teams to score in this. Um, the market's against the both teams to score, yes. Um, 53, uh, sorry, 47% chance of both teams to score on the market. The model makes it more likely than not that both teams to score will happen at 51%. I do quite like that as a bet. I think that Manchester City will probably win this uh, 2-1 or 3-1. Leon likely to get consolation or maybe another dodgy penalty. Um, And the overs as well is is also a little bit of value there. 71% chance on the model of over 2.5, given Leon's defensive uh, issues, the amount of chances that they're conceding. Um, And the market's at 62%. So both teams to score on overs is, is, is a decent play and, as we've already mentioned, the, the 1x2 is, is quite heavily swayed in Manchester City's favour, and rightly so. Well, that's all of our quarterfinal matches covered. Still plenty of time to get those bets on before we can sit back, relax and enjoy the action. Cheers for coming on, Jake. I'm sure our listeners will be grateful for the insight that you've shared and, and hopefully you would have helped them find some, some winning bets. No pressure on Bayern Munich. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you are looking for more information to help you decide what to, where the value might be on all the Champions League matches, you'll find plenty of data on infogold.net. You can also follow them on Twitter on at Infogold app or download the app on iOS and Android. All of the odds for the upcoming matches are now on pinnacle.com. Best of luck with any bets and remember to always gamble responsibly. 